Morning, church. Those of you here in Baker, over in the sanctuary, joining us online. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am in regular need of a reality check, all right? Of a perspective check. Who am I and who is God? And uh, I just, I thought of this passage. I'm not preaching on this. It's Isaiah 55, but I just want to start here today where uh, it's declared in, in, in Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, God says, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It's a reality check, isn't it? We remember that God is above us. And then he says, as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish... What a great spring verse starting to happen. Cut the grass yesterday for the first time. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The word of God. We are here today to remember who God is and who I am and where my Hope is. And uh, we open to today the Word of God that goes forth from God into our hearts just like the rain and the snow. So turn with me, please, to, I, I'm sorry, we were just in Isaiah, to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We are making our way through John's gospel, and we're in the sixth chapter today, and I. Um, it's, a, it's a fairly long chapter, but I have made the commitment. I don't know if you've picked up on this, but uh, I've made the commitment in our, in our sermons, this series, to, to take the time to read the passages, to hear the Word of God, and not just have me kind of tell you about them, although we'll definitely dig in, but, but I, I just, as the, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return void, so my word comes down and waters your heart. So uh, this will take a few minutes, but please join me. It, it, I think it is a little more easier, if you will, instead of just listening to follow along. I'm in the NIV. And uh, just to say also, I'm going to skip over a, a middle passage where Jesus walks on the water in the middle of the night. And uh, we'll come back and grab that in a few weeks and, and look at at that passage, but uh, for the flow of the teaching regarding Jesus as the bread of life, uh, I'm going to kind of jump from what happened to what Jesus had to say about it the next day. So, sometime after this, John 6, 1, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples, and the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd of people coming up toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Well, he asked this only to test him, for he already knew what he had in mind and what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's salary to buy enough bread to just give everyone here one bite to eat. 
Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, plus women, children, probably at least 20,000 people. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had had enough to eat, far more than just a bite, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing what they intended to do, that they wanted to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Then the evening scenario of Jesus walking out onto the Sea of Galilee, but this is now the next morning. When they had found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed and were paying attention to what that meant, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. Then they asked Him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one whom He has sent. So they asked Him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you. I, I just have to pause and say, wait, what? These are the same people that less than 24 hours earlier had just watched him take two little loaves, two little fish and five little loaves and feed 20,000 people. What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. <laughs> Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, is, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those that He has given to me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks 
to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. At this, the Jews there began to grumble because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, and whose father and mother, Mary, we know? How can He now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus said. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from Him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Well, then they began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, just some thoughts on what's happening here. I want to just begin by observing that this was just another ordinary day. This was just another ordinary day. These people, which If you just counted the men, plus add women and all of the kids, at least 20,000 people were there. And by late afternoon, they were hungry. Talk about what was probably on their minds. They wanted a meal. They were hungry. This was just another ordinary day. Maybe it was the fact that they were bored and wanted a show. Why does it say they came? Why were they walking up this hillside in droves to see him? Because of what? The miracles he had done, right? Maybe they were bored and just wanted some entertainment. Give me a a show. Uh, To give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they were uncertain and wanted some answers. Maybe they were looking for truth or hope. I think it can also be said that many of them were angry. (laughs) And they wanted a war, and I'm not overstating that. What does it say they wanted to do after he performed this miracle? Did you catch it? They wanted to make him king by force. 
Now, here's what I want you to hear when, when you read that. They wanted a liberator. They wanted someone. This was their intent. Right there, right then, to march on D.C. I mean, Jerusalem. They wanted straight up. This is what they intended. Let's rally. Let's go. You are our point person. We're going to march 80 miles right into the temple. Jesus, you can do incredible things. You're going to do miracles the whole way. By the time we get down there, we're going to be 100,000 strong. We're going to be 500,000 strong. We got 80 miles. Let's go. That's what's going on. They were angry at the Romans, at their government, is what was, what was happening, and they wanted a war. What they weren't doing on that ordinary day, was listening. They weren't listening. And I want to tell you right now, an observation, most of God's greatest invitations come disguised in life's most ordinary circumstances. Are you listening? Most of, life, most of God's greatest invitations the miraculous in the mundane, the eternal in the everyday. I think about Elijah, the prophet in 1 Kings 19, when he, he wanted to hear from God, and he went to this cave on the side of a mountain, and he experienced the wild winds of a tornado. He experienced the fire that somehow raged around him. He experienced an earthquake, and then God simply said, I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the wind, I'm in, do you know the passage? The small still voice. You see, the miraculous comes clothed in the mundane. God's greatest invitations disguised in most God's most or in life's most ordinary circumstances. It was just another ordinary day. Or I, I would add life's greatest struggles. We talked a few weeks ago about how crisis is very often how God is speaking to us. And I want to make three simple points today. The first point is this. Lean in. Lean in. It was just another ordinary day. How easy is it, church, to get distracted by life down here? I'm asking you, how easy is it? Just the stuff of life. Like I started this message, we need, I need a, a reality change, a perspective change, to understand that God is above. I get so easily distracted by life down here and by all of my emotions. Whatever it is you're feeling right now, some of you are sitting there feeling lonely. Some of you may be bored by life or by your circumstances. Or how about I'm overwhelmed feeling such stress by all that is happening in my life. Many walk around with a deep sense of shame and, and guilt. Or how about this? I'm scared. I know of some folks just this last week that the big C word popped up in their lives. Cancer. And it strikes in us a, a chord, a deep chord of, of fear but whatever it is you're feeling right now, this is what so easily happens. We lean into our circumstances. All we can think about and pay attention to is what we're experiencing here in the lower story. And if we're not careful, 
If we're not careful, church, we'll spend our entire lives leaning the wrong way. Leaning the wrong way. Missing when God speaks. Missing God when He's right here with us. Do you want to know what God is saying to you right now? He is saying this, I'm with you. I'll take care of you. I will strengthen you. I will feed you bread from heaven. Right here, right now. It was just another ordinary day. But you know what, church? We got to lean in. We have to lean in to God. And then the second thing I want to simply say is this. Look up. Look up and give thanks. Look at verse 5 in chapter 6 here. Jesus looks up and he's filled with compassion. When he looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. And he said to Philip, what are we going to give these folks to eat? Testing Philip. But we learn from the other contexts. This account is also in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And we know that, that Jesus had compassion on these crowds. He looked up with, with compassion in his heart. But then when he takes these five little loaves, and I want you to think little rolls, little barley rolls, not much at all. Literally enough for a boy to have in his lunch. But he takes these five little loaves and, and two little sardines or dried fish. And what does he do in verse 11? He looks up and he gives thanks. He gives thanks. Jesus gave thanks for the little bit. Jesus gave thanks for the little bit. And I'm going to ask, can you? Can you give thanks for the little bit in, in your heart? Jesus calls us to look up for food that doesn't spoil. Look at verse 26. Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, but not because you saw the signs I performed and, and believed that I'm from God, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Look up. We're going to hear the testimony today uh, of, of Jaden Medina Robles. Where's Jaden? Are you in the house? There he is, young man. Jaden, I was very blessed by your video. We're not doing the baptism yet. We'll get to it in a second. We'll get you wet, buddy. But I, I, I want you to hear, you'll, you'll hear in this service um, the video for those of you in the sanctuary. I want, I want to give you just a, a clue as to what Jaden said in his video. He said, I accepted Jesus in my heart and I felt like I was a new person. But I had a lot of questions like, should I trust him? What, what's he going to do to me? Lots of questions. I didn't know what to do when I accepted Jesus. Listen to what he said. I just looked at him and some, as someone I knew. I see Jesus like he's my only thing that I have and the only thing that I'm going to worship. That's right, Jaden. So my encouragement to you is exactly what Jaden just said. See Jesus as the only thing you have and the only thing that you're going to worship. Verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Church, he's talking about our souls, not just our stomachs. 
But as I told you, you've seen me and you still don't believe. For my Father's will is that everyone, here we go, who looks to the Son and believes, look up, shall have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. When we're busy leaning into our circumstances, we, we end up looking for earthly satisfaction, for bread that does not satisfy. And we look for right now answers. We need to look up, church. We need to look up. And remember that we are not alone. First of all, lean into God. Second of all, look up. And thirdly, let go. Let go. Let go of your fear. Boy, that is such a hard thing to do. We hold on to our fear like it's a security blanket. Let go of your shame. Let go of your doubt. And trust Jesus. Believe in Him. Verse 47. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Did you hear what I just said? Does that strike your soul as life and light and hope? The one who believes has eternal life, Jesus said. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. Here is bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Trust Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, that can sometimes be hard work to trust Jesus. I want to show you another testimony. For those of you in the sanctuary, you've already heard Natasha's video. But I want you to hear what, Natasha, how old are you? Where are you at? How old are you? 15? Here's what Natasha said. Even after I accepted Jesus as my Savior, I had a lot of trouble. What? Trusting. Trusting in Him. I didn't really understand how He was important to my life. I just saw Him as a God who loves us and sent His Son to die for us, but I really didn't include Him in my life. In about eighth grade, I was really trying to be perfect. You're not alone, Natasha. We all get caught up in this. Because of that, I had a lot of anxiety and worry that I wouldn't get it right and that I was a failure. But He, he started to open my eyes, right? Look up to a life where He is the leader, where He is guiding my life and what it is like to trust Him. Now my relationship with God is so much better. I've actually really started to dig into His Word just to have a relationship with Him, a relationship where He is the one leading. Natasha, amen. Amen. And Dad, Lynn, thanks for leading your, your family. I so appreciate what you said in your video. Life before I met the Lord, I did things my own way. I didn't have that personal relationship with Christ. I didn't think that I really needed it. It's just living life, right? Since I've been a believer, I've gone through some struggles. When I was at my lowest point, I cried out to God. He spoke to me with a verse. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are gone. New things are, all things are made new. And said, I've made that part of my life, knowing that any of the hurts and the pain and the shame in my life, He has forgiven us. So, here we are today. <laughs> it's just another 
ordinary day. But I have some questions for you. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are you holding on to? And one last question. What are you waiting for? I'm serious. What are you waiting for? What are you holding on to? Jesus said this, the one who believes has eternal life. In fact, I I will tell you, I believe the, the, the center point of this entire chapter is verse 29. Verse 29, look at it. They asked him, okay, what does it look like to do the works that make God happy? What do I need to do to make God happy? How do I do the works that will please God? And Jesus simply said this, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. That's the work of God. That's what you hear Natasha saying. Say it was not easy to learn to trust in God. And you're still learning it, Natasha. So are we. So are we. But let's turn our hearts to Jesus. Let's turn to Him and trust Him. Jesus, we come to You right now thankful that You are right here with us as we live out just another ordinary day. Jesus, we acknowledge that You are the bread of life, that in You we have life. We thank you for feeding us in our hearts. Lord, we give ourselves to you right now. You are the living hope. In Jesus' name, amen.